Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. On this episode, I'm joined by Lee Wright as we discuss the key talking points of Newcastle United. The legal challenge to the Premier League by fans. Mike Ashley taking on the Premier League over the pay-per-view and much, much more. As ever, a busy few days for journalists and fans to keep on top of everything regarding Newcastle United. And we will get to uh, legal letters, Mike Ashley in the Premier League and everything else. But for the moment, Lee, just going to start with your reflection um, on the Wolves draw. Did Newcastle wipe their look a bit or was the point deserved, do you think? Oh, they rolled their look a bit. There's no doubt about that. I think, uh, you know, had Jimenez been in, in sharp form in the first half then you know that game could have been over by could have been over by half time Newcastle were extremely lucky um, you know Wolves had some gr- great opportunities um, and some of them it, looked, it actually looked easier to score with, with what they've done with it with, with especially Jimenez um, but look at the end of the day Newcastle stayed in the game um, even going 1-0 down they, they weren't completely out of it and uh, you know they, they scraped the point they were very fortunate there's no doubt about that um, but it was a slight improvement uh, defensively compared to the Man United game Jimenez said that um, you know it was quite difficult I'm paraphrasing now but it was quite difficult to play against Newcastle because it didn't come to win what do you make of, of those comments I guess Obviously, you know, we, we all want Newcastle to go there and play attacking football and take the game to Wolves. Um but you know, if if a point is what they if a point is what they need and a point is what they get, it's better to have that in the bag than it is to uh to go there and get beat by three or four goals. Yeah, I mean they they are difficult to play against when they put their minds to it. because um, it's basically it's parking the bus and trying to hit hit the opponent on the break just done with a few more offensive players kind of sprinkled around the team. Um, on this occasion, you know, Ryan Fraser being one of them, he was pretty much a defensive role for him. Um, but, you know, on the break, it was important to, to have him, you know, on the pitch. Uh, and, and also from a, you know, he's, he brings a little, something a little bit different from some of his set players, but he, he is still getting used to things and he's still getting settled in. Um, so, it, yeah, it's it's not pretty, but it's it, you know it's it's got the made points out of six, and it's not a you know regardless of how they've done it. When you consider Sunday, and then you consider the the Tottenham game where they were unbelievably fortunate, ninety eighth minute penalty via VAR, which probably shouldn't have been a penalty. Um, you know they've done it; they've got eight points from six, so hopefully they can improve. Not the worst uh, start to a season either. Obviously, in the quarterfinals of the League Cup as well. Just a word on Jacob Murphy. Uh, not the easiest position to fill in for for you know that right wing back role. And you know he took to it like a duck to water. He was 
decent going forward. Obviously, he ended up getting the equaliser. But defensively as well, there was a few moments where, you know, if he hadn't got his head or got a foot on the ball, Wolves would have broken. Um, how did you rate Jacob Murphy's performance? Yeah, he done well. And if anyone was going to hit them on the break, it was it was probably going to be him. He probably he he was actually better than say Maximan on the day. Um, you know, he skipped down the right hand side a couple of times and uh, got tried to get crosses in, one corners and throw-ins and things like that. So doing very well. And then for him to step up and uh, you know get the get the free kick equaliser, that was you know fantastic for him and. Um, Hopefully, uh, there's, there's more to come from him. Uh, I mean, just a quick point on on Murphy in general. I think he's he's quite a shy character, quite sort of reserved. And he came into Newcastle on sort of a blaze of sort of publicity. But you know, I, I was I was at the team hotel when it when it happened, and he was actually on pre-season in Germany with Norwich, and such a big story. And you know, he, he arrived at the hotel and. Sky Sports cameras waiting for him, journalists waiting for him. It it, it, may, it may have been too much for him to begin with. And he, you know, coming to a bigger club like like Newcastle, and plus he's a Newcastle United fan as well. So he's obviously wanting to do really well um, for the club and not let anyone down. So he's had a, a very tough kind of start to life at the club, and uh, hopefully now he, he's settled down a bit. And um, who knows? Maybe Steve Bruce is the, he's exactly the right type of manager that he needs. Fingers crossed. The balance, though, on Sunday, they lacked creativity going forward. They were they were quite good defensively. Um, does that worry you a little bit, or do you think Steve Bruce is approaching every game kind of one game at a time, and we'll probably see another formation maybe on Sunday, and then it maybe against Southampton and so forth? Or it, do you think he might stop with this this back five? Uh, I think it's going to be horses for courses throughout the whole season, and. You're right. You're exactly right. You might just bring something to the table that you know we haven't seen against Everton. Uh, strange game to go into because they've been so impressive um, over the season so far. But then obviously lost to Southampton on Sunday. So uh, I, I'm, if I'm guessing um, what, he, what he's going to do or what would I do if I was manager, I would probably say I'd be playing a defensive strategy on Sunday to James Park because of point and I know everyone wants to see Newcastle win I do you do but at the end of the day I think if we were both if we're both being honest and you offered us a point now against Everton now I would certainly take it because they're the top of the league so and then you can build again um, so it's just a case I, I just think this season under Steve Bruce they're going to they're going to win a couple they're going to lose a couple and they'll draw or they're exactly what the, the record is at the minute one two drawn two lost two I think that cycle will be repeated over the season and I, I don't think we're going to be anywhere near relegation trouble I've seen a lot of things on, on Twitter about we're going to get relegated so they're not going to get relegated it's going to be you know which side of the, the middle of the table are they going to finish on It's interesting you mentioned there we would take a point out in top of the league and last week Jamal Asselz's comments caused a bit of uh, anger amongst the fan base about maybe we should just you know kind of realise we're playing against Manchester United and Southampton took the game to Everton they went one up and then they went after more goals and is it because how would you rate Southampton and Newcastle I know we're getting a little bit off topic here but do you, do you see Newcastle and Southampton as similar sides and therefore 
like because obviously they, they took the game to a, a better side in Everton, whereas Newcastle's mindset seems to be or appears to be we just have to kind of maybe realise our place against the better sides. I think with with Southampton, they've kind of they've worked on um, going into games against the top sides. They've worked on their attack and strength. So I think it was about twelve months ago. Um, they tried to go for the jugular against Leicester at home. Uh, I think it was a live game on on Sky, and they got beat nine 0 at home. And that's the that what happened on that night is exactly what Steve Bruce and his backroom team fear happening. If they go too far forward and commit too much and try and chase a game, when they, well, if they go behind, then the, the Premier League, um, the way it is these days, against the top teams who've spent more money than you, can 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 beat you six, seven, you know, nine on that occasion. So that's probably the reality of it. And I think that Newcastle are a team... Um, and don't forget, I'm being bored of watching the entertainers and how how it could be done. Um, Newcastle are a team that fear; they live their lives in fear in the Premier League, and they they are sadly reluctant to to take that big chance and, and get on the front foot against the big team. Which I suppose against if this game was going to take place in front of a fifty thousand crowd, maybe you'd want to get an early goal and 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 then go for it. But don't forget. Um, even behind closed doors, they got that one in the lead against Man United and they almost didn't know what to do with themselves. They, they panicked, they didn't know what to do, they didn't know whether to keep going forward or just completely park the bus and they end up getting beat 4-1. So, yeah, I think it's, um, it's it's an interesting debate, let's put it that way. Just an interesting comment there from, from Brian and he says, we've got to go for the win, surely with the pace we have up front. But I guess you look at the players that Everton have got, Rodriguez, Mashalison, um, if, he, if he's fit and ready to go, um, you know, Lewis Calvin, he's, they've got a lot of good players which can hurt Newcastle. So it's not a case of Newcastle um, just going forward and using Wilson and St. Maxwell. They're going to have to be defensively yet again, like they were against Wolves, very strong. Yeah, and it's going to be what's most important is, and, and what was very important on Sunday was the first half an hour where Newcastle just contained Wolves and if they can contain Everton for half an hour then I think it makes it an interesting game if Everton can get an early goal then it, it you know could be a long could be a long afternoon they've certainly got a place to do it and obviously they'll be reeling from losing at, at Southampton so it's about that first half an hour probably and uh, I see the point I see I see um, the point that he's making there with that question you know but Newcastle did get St. Maximan on the ball a few times on Sunday and he couldn't deliver with an assist or a goal. So I think there's a lot of probably too much pressure we put on him. He's the best attacking player, there's no doubt about it. But he doesn't he doesn't always deliver. He's not as consistent as as, as other players have been in the past. So he's got a bit of work on on that side of things. Hello, stop what you're doing. Don't worry, this isn't an advert. No, this is a competition and we've got a fantastic prize to give away to one of you, our lucky listeners. Now, Football Manager 2021 is out on November the 24th. And thanks to our friends at SI Games, we've not only got a free copy to give away, but you'll get it before anybody else. So you'll get access to this game 
one week before it's actually due to go out to the public. How cool is that? So how do you win this copy? It's relatively simple. What we want from you is to leave a review of the Everything is Black and White podcast, either on iTunes or Spotify, and then fill in a form which will be attached to every tweet that goes out publicized on one of our podcasts over the next two weeks. So that'll be on the Everything is Black and White podcast Twitter account or the Chronicle account or my account or any one of our writers as well. Now, we're not asking you to leave a dishonest review. No, we want one that is fair, truthful, constructive, and above all else, polite. Don't be offensive. Um, as long as you follow those rules, um, you'll be included in the prize draw and we will draw it at random on November the 17th. We'll announce the winner during the podcast on that same day where the winner will be given a code word to email in. So we know it's you who actually left the review. We'll launch it today, which is October 28th during this very podcast. And as we say, the closing date will be November the 16th at midnight. So leave your review. I can't wait to read them. Can't wait to see how many guys get in touch and take part in this great competition. It's a really good prize. And as always, thank you to you for listening because without you guys, we couldn't do what we do and we don't do it other than to to give you the information, to give you the crack that you want about Newcastle United. So thank you very much for following. Let's get on to Mike Ashley then. He delivered a statement aimed at the Premier League um, about the, the pay-per-view, pay-per-view fees. You know, he said the £15 or the fourteen ninety-five isn't acceptable. It's not acceptable to ask fans to pay that. And he called on it to be four ninety-five until Christmas. What do you make of Mike Ashley taking a pop at the Premier League and actually, you know, saying something that the fans actually agree with because we saw with the food bank donations that um you know the money went there instead we saw with the figures from sky sports and um bt that they were well down on what the figures are usually are through subscriptions i think it was forty thousand or under forty thousand subscribed for the newcastle united game so my gosh he's come out and he said something that fans agree and it's just yeah what do you make of that uh, i mean just picks and chooses, doesn't he, when he wants to comment on things depending on how much something has rattled him or or what side of bed he's got out of, really. It's, uh, you know, it, it's impossible trying to set and get, guess Mike Ashley. Uh, depends depends on what type of mood he's in and, you know, whether he's where, whether he's focused on Newcastle at the moment. He's, his head is focused on back on the football and back on the football club he owns. But, you know, it was in the summer when nobody could get hold of him. He wasn't responding to anyone's messages. He was um, living a, a life un- undercover, really. But um, but look, at the end of the day, he's right what he said. But um, I think it's it's something that, you know, the Premier League need to um, need to have a big look at, really. But there's, there's more pressing issues for Newcastle fans in terms of the season ticket money, in terms of, I think, you know... I know a lot of people, it's, the money's just coming out of the bank all the time. And um, we, we still don't know. Uh, to be fair, I think that at one stage, it looked like this month, the fans, were, some fans were going to be able to return if you go, if you would uh, be up at the stadium, obviously. And, you know, it's prepped for a COVID secure environment. There's sanitizers on the turnstiles, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I think they did expect October to be the time, but the word, the word that we're getting is that some of the season ticket money 
um, will will be re- refunded by before Christmas. So we'll have to wait and see if that that happens. But again, it's it's just one of them niggly things with Newcastle where they they take too much time to respond. Is there an ulterior motive, do you think, from Mike Ashley maybe linked with the, the failed takeover? Is he, is, a lot of fans were kind of trying to look into that and see if there's anything else to read into. Um, obviously, look, he's, he's taken the fight to the Premier League. He's hired, um, you know, QCs to, to, to represent him and the club in this dispute about the, the, the directors and an ORS test. But on that statement, is, that, is there anything else you can read into that? Or is that literally you think just Mike Ashley saying, look, it's not acceptable to ask fans to to pay that much money? I mean, it, I just think it's something that's, you know, maybe it is a bit of a, little bit of a PR stunt from him um, to try and show that he's thinking of, of the fans. But if he was thinking that had the fans at heart, then the season ticket money would be going back in the bank. Um, the pay-per-view thing is just a, a total farce, really. Uh, I'm not, I've never been a fan. Uh, obviously, I think most people now are, They've got a Sky Sports account, and it just it just wrangles me with even with like sports like boxing, where you've got to pay the extra money to to watch a fight. Um, I, I'm not, I just, it doesn't sit well with me that you're already paying an excessive obscene amount for the service, and then you have to pay a bit more on top of that. So, yeah, I mean, when it's a, when it's <laughs> believe it or not, when it's a, when it's a huge boxing sort of match, I'm. I'm listening to you on the radio. I'm, I'm like the fans are now with the just refused to pay. They're they're listening to local radio now, um, for listening to BBC Newcastle uh, rather than pay the fifteen quid. And obviously, some people going even further and make the point and and putting in the food bank, which is which is excellent. Yeah, great work by the fans. Over twenty three thousand pounds raised, which was fantastic. Let's go into this. Uh, legal letter then from the Newcastle Consortium Supporters Limited Group. Uh, the news broke yesterday. Two fans are uh, with the help of, a, of another QC. What do you make of that? Yeah, I mean, it's something that was it's been bubbling away now for a, a while that somebody is going to take the Premier League to task. And, and now this, is, this has emerged, really. Um, typically... <laughs> Typically, uh, it comes when you have a try have a day off, and uh, you know you end up doing something anyway, which is which is fine. But at the end of the day, um, that that was quite a big statement released from the supporters. Uh, that's what they're going to be known as, um, and I and I back them a hundred percent. I think it's great what they're doing. So hopefully, um, hopefully they can get some answers because the Premier League. I think this this big picture project that we've seen kind of sums up what how they feel the game should go um, in terms of it being the, the the elite band of clubs. But for me, if Newcastle have the money, then they are one of the elite band of clubs. Regardless of the way they've ended up being under Mike Ashley, on paper, the stadium, the fans, Newcastle have the backing. Um, they're as big as any of the top six, as far as I'm concerned. And your understanding is that Mike Ashley is backing this legal letter, which sums up 2020 quite nicely, I think. It's been a bizarre year, and I didn't think we'd see that sort of story, you know, the fans and Mike Ashley working together um, for the good of the club. It's 
what happens next? Have they got, you know, they have got Mike Ashley's back in the Premier League, obviously. Do you think the Premier League are going to respond to this um, to this letter? I think they have to, don't they? Legally, they will have to respond, but I just think that they'll just try and burn the clock down and it'll just plod on through the, the legal system and um, they will have to address it at some point, but uh, whether we're gonna, whether we will get answers quickly, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. It's, it's again, there's a lot of there's a lot of legal experts out there um, on social media, but at the end of the day, it's the it's the legal people who are active in this case who count on this one, and we just have to let them do their work, and um, we'll we'll see how it uh, how how things pan out. And from your understanding, we've got quite a few uh, questions in the comments. I'll not put them all on the screen, but the gist is, is the takeover still on or is this legal fight about just getting answers or is your understanding that, you know, the, the interested parties are still interested in trying to maybe complete a deal if whatever issues were there can be solved? Uh, it's that, That's the the big question really and and I don't think anybody knows the answer at this stage whether it can be fully resurrected but um, I mean my, my concern is is that um, the public investment fund in Saudi Arabia how long do they stay you know how, how long is their patience going to be on this how um, but some of the people that are involved in the consortium have, have certainly shown their support to the fans on this one um, from the Stavely camp, I think Stavely's husband yesterday and Jamie Rubin, who you know were both set to be involved if the takeover had gone through. So they're, they're certainly not dismissing it if these tweets are to be seen as endorsements. Um, so hopefully um, we do get some answers and some transparency on all this and see where we go from there really, but how quickly it happens that's that's going to be in the hand of these active legal players the waiting game you mentioned Jamie Rubin they obviously resigned from his position at QPR you spoke to people kind of close and they said they kind of came out of the blue and then he you know said it was kind of I think he said it was some out, out of respect for the club um, what do you make of that obviously you know there's been a few tweets from him over the past couple of days and it's got fans excited um, anything in that or do you think he's literally just doing out of respect of the club and you'll just be now like the rest of us maybe just waiting to see how this all pans out I think really he it did take people slightly by surprise but if you look at QPR's results um, at the moment obviously something something needed to change whether the, there was full focus I, I don't know it's one that he'd have to he'd have to come out and answer the question to really I can't speak on on behalf of him um, he was set to be part of the board in Newcastle um, if that had gone through it would have been interesting to see how the dynamics work um, because I think Amanda Stavely wanted to have quite a, a leading role in this but then you know I think PIF had their own people lined up as well so it could have been a bit of a, a scramble for you know who would have been the, the face of Newcastle really in terms of the, the, the person that at the moment the person who's the everyday, day-to-day manager off the pitch of Newcastle is Lee Charnley. So it's, and he's currently the face of Newcastle, but who would have taken that on after him? 
um, we, we we might never find out. But you know, it's one thing is very clear is that we 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 needed some improvement on terms of the communication to the fans. Um, we didn't have that, so we'll we'll see if the, you know it could be a long haul thing. This, but uh, we'll we'll see what emerges, and you know. Maybe some of these people now that the non-disclosure agreement's completely gone out the window, maybe people will open up a little bit more, and we'll, we'll see some uh, interviews. Now, here to end on a, on a negative, but we're going to talk about a couple of injuries. Um, looks like Martin Dubravka will be out longer than expected, and also John Joe Shelby uh, had an operation yesterday. Big misses, obviously. You know. Dubravka's not been there uh, for, the, for the start of the season. Darlow's done very well, considering that Darlow wouldn't have played against Wolves, and that speaks volumes about how well he's done. Um, and Shelby, you know, not always effective, but, you know, still arguably um, the one that kind of controls the middle of the park. So how big of a loss will both them guys be? I mean, especially Shelby, because he has played a large part of this season so far. I mean, the Dubravka one at the moment, while we all love Dubravka, um, Carl Dolo is, is going about his business and we haven't felt the, the, the absence of, of Dubravka because Carl Dolo's played so well. No goalkeeper saved more news doing everything that's asked of him. Um, his talk of him wishing to pursue a career with England at a national level and some people have kind of scoffed at that but for me he would be deserving of a, pl- a place as one of the top three goalkeepers in, a- in an England squad based on current form that's that's how it used to be in the old days the, the squad was picked on current form there's nobody better there's no English goalkeeper playing better than Carl Darlow at the moment so for me he's one of the top three goalkeepers in the squad Um but that's one for Gareth Southgate to uh, to, to work out, I suppose. But um, Shelby, again, I think Newcastle will miss him at times. But I think he's he's not irreplaceable. There's the Longstaff brothers um, back now available, so you know one of them can come in and do a job. Isaac Hayden's still in and around it, although he is carrying an injury. Um, you know Ryan Fraser playing the central role the other day. There's there's plenty of options. Um, and it, you know he's, he's not a repli- no one's irreplaceable really. It's it, it's it should be looked at by the players who are available to come in and do a job and and really grasp that chance. And Carl Darlow is probably the the best example of that that I can give. Fantastic. Well, Lee, thanks for joining us. To you guys watching and listening as well later on the podcast, thanks for tuning in. As ever, head over to Chronicle Live where we'll keep you up to date with all the latest Newcastle United news. So just a quick note, we're now over on YouTube at the Everything Is Black and White podcast. And if you're liking what you're hearing, why not come and see what we're producing? We'd really like you to hit subscribe. We're also over on Instagram at Chronicle NUFC and in the usual place on Twitter and Facebook. We'd really like the likes, the reviews and the subscriptions because without your continued support, we can't get very far. So thanks very much for listening.